Every day, America Online is making it easier for people to live, work, and play. When we installed internet access on our computer, I got the whole family involved. And you Just what is this main artery of the information superhighway? You beautiful bastards! No matter how large, no matter how small, we'll be on the internet in the year 2000. It's the primary way that people will look at information. Hello and welcome to When We Were There, Biased Internet History. I'm Thomas. And I'm Josh. And this is a podcast all about the history of internet content, the who's who's, the what's what's, the where's Waldo. We get into it all. Whether you like it or not. I think Thomas is really going to like this episode as we're just kind of going down a list of Thomas's childhood heroes. We got another one. Who do we got today, Thomas? Mr. John Digital Fear Graham. Hey, John. How's it going? Good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on the pod, man. Uh, we're we're just slowly getting through everyone who's who's made Thomas inspired as a child. I mean, that's I, super true, actually. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it's yeah, no joke. Yeah, we're just going through a list until Thomas has met everyone, and then we can commit group suicide together. Yeah, if you're into that, <laughs> if you want to join us on that. So far, we have F&D Films. And I think that's about it. Yeah. No one else has agreed to the group suicide but them. That's true. And Cooper, actually, he was, like, really game. He was, like, trying to get in on it. Just It was supposed it right to just away. be you and I, and then he was like, oh, I want to do it. He wants in, yeah. So we'll, we'll all do it one day at a park. It'll be a fun time. But to people listening to this who don't know who you are, who are you? Um, <clears throat> my name's John Graham. I created a YouTube channel in 2007, 2008. Um, I created a video called Master Chief Sucks at Halo that had a... Uh, Master Chief from Halo action figure come to life and play the Halo 3 beta. And uh, it was meant to satirize uh, the frequent behavior online on um, broadband console gaming at the time, which was hilariously um, volatile. And <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, I wanted to, to make fun of that, to have... And to sort of to take the Master Chief character from Halo, who's this very stoic character, and kind of turn that image on its head and have this toy version of him represent everything that was terrible about about playing with people online. And uh, there was a lot of swearing, a lot of bad words, and uh, ended up going viral because it was very stupid. As I mean, yeah, <laughs> no, as, but it's funny. So because obviously whenever we have a guest on and we always like to do like a, a refresh or like a deep dive on their stuff, because um, I haven't watched Arby and the Chief in years, mm -hmm. um, just being candid. But going back and watching the original stuff, it's like a perfect time capsule of that era of the Internet with like all the like the elite speak and like the definitely the gaming community. I don't know if they're still like that Are they. Are they still like that? But uh, uh, gaming community, yeah, uh, no, it's not what it used to be. No, everyone's I feel like a they've lot, chilled out a bit. Uh, everyone's a lot more careful about what they say online <laughs> these days. Yeah, yeah, you can get canceled now. You Anyone can get screaming canceled. in Fortnite. Yeah, right. PewDiePie lost his TV show. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> yeah, no, but it it, it definitely like g me going back and watch it. It it kind of took me back to that time, like you're using MSN, you're on GameFAQs, you know, it, it definitely does work as just like a, a perfect little time capsule of what 
that era was. Yeah. Even just seeing like the Halo 3 beta and like, oh, there was a time where Halo 3 didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's we had so to get weird. it on like Crackdown. I totally forgot about that. I, I remember playing Halo 2 on like a friend's TV that had like the built-in v- VCR and DVD player. And it brought me right back to that. Mm-hmm. Your friend had a built-in VHS and DVD? and DVD player on the TV. Yeah, so it was they were pretty... loaded. I guess. Yeah. Oh, they were they were loaded. They had a three store story condo. Okay. <laughs> I I was making that money. I had like broken VHS money. Well, you were a child, so. Well, yeah, I had no money. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's it it's pretty cool that like that kind of blew up super quick, and that kind of put you in a position to have like a lot of opportunities where like you've worked with Machinima, Rooster Teeth, like. Did you expect it to go that viral when you made the initial video? No, God, no. Um, I did it just purely as a hobby, and I thought, hey, this will be funny. Like, I think this is funny, (laughs) so maybe the internet will think it's funny. And I was fairly new to the internet at the time, so I just made it to see what would happen and got, like, millions of hits. Yeah. Yeah, which is, it's still, it's so crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like. How how old were you when that happened? Oh, um, j- just twenty or just nineteen twenty. Yeah, imagine that would be insane. Yeah, for, I don't know. So, I know you went to film school, but was that after starting Arby and the Chief and stuff? That was after. Yeah, I, okay. I had a, a huge interest in like writing and film and comedy, uh, way before I went to to film school, and. Uh, yeah, I just I had a mini DV JVC camcorder. And it's like, about right? Yeah. 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 And Pinnacle Studio. I was already making dumb little movies with like Halo 2 and stuff. And I thought I'd try something like that was a a, a hybrid of live action and, and gameplay. And I think that's part of why it blew up because I, I, as far as I'm like, I don't even know if there's still anything really like like that. But it was definitely, I think, the first. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I always, I always thought it was a, it's a neat idea. Even if it didn't take off, like, I was, I thought, yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. Master Chief sucks at Halo, and it caught on, and uh, I made two sequels. <laughs> yeah, well, I, the the puppetry is yeah, crazy. That's what I was gonna <laughs> like going back and watching it, like even just like having him use the controller that, or just use the computer. It's like his arms are in such sequence like how are you moving that like yeah my yeah my well that that was based off of a film called child's play that came out in 19 uh late 80s i think it's a horror movie oh i know about child's play yeah i was scared to go in that section of blockbuster (laughs) so i'd see the scratch up face and lose my shit yeah the way that was filmed was a real inspiration for what i ended up doing with arby and the chief like you'd film the character's waist up yeah and then like go out to wide shots for whenever they're not moving there's one specific shot i can't remember if it's in rb and the chief or i think it's in rb and the chief but it's at one point where you're like i swear to god you're holding and operating the camera and then master chief like hoists himself up onto a counter and it's it's like his arms articulate like and actually it really looks like he pushes himself up and i can't I'm sure you don't remember how you did it, but it's like I, I, I just think my mind. compared to like other action figure articulation stuff like uh, I'm a Marvel and I'm a DC, like stuff like that, where it was just like vaguely moving the person under the screen. Like, I think you definitely brought a different level to it, which probably was one of the things that led to the success as well. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, the, the shot you're talking about, I've, I've done that quite a few times. So it's it's a really easy trick where the, the, the footage is just reversed, right? Oh, so, no shit. So this, <laughs> that actually makes total This is sense. a counter, right? And these, this is Chief's arms. It starts like this, and I record me just pulling down on his arms. And they bend up like yeah. that and then drop out of frame. And then I'll just reverse that shot so it looks like he's climbing up like that. That's actually really smart. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think what you notice about people in the early days of YouTube that did get success is there's like a level of giving a shit that a lot of other people didn't have. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that you even went to film school later on, like you, you clearly want to make like movies. You clearly want to write and produce. And I think, you know, a lot of other people that might have been messing around with machinimas or even just like uh, puppetry is sort of on the Internet is just kind of fucking around. Yeah. And. I mean, I know I, you you hate uh, the video of uh, the like your guide to making machinima. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it is kind of there are some true points to it where there's a lot of like just lazy shit being made, you know, mm -hmm. it was where people aren't like because uh, again, this is the part of the show where we just like really just fucking shit on other people, shit on other people <laughs> and Brown knows you for a bit. Mm -hmm. And then later we'll, we'll hit you some with some disses. <laughs> but, um, That's good with me. Um, no, but like, I feel like, like, cause I, going back, I, I watched some of the other shows that I used to like back in the day too. Like even Red versus Blue for a long time, I, like the cinematography wasn't as composed, it felt like, and like watching like say Deus Ex Machina, mm -hmm. like that show has a lot of actual like well-designed shots and, um, like visual storytelling, which a lot of Machinima just didn't have. Right. Thank but you. It felt like to me. Yeah. So, that was something okay. I always paid a lot of attention to, that's for sure. Um, the framing of everything. I took, mm -hmm. I was had a interested cinematography as early as I can remember, like growing up watching movies. And like the, the movies that I really liked as a kid fascinated me. And I'm like, why do I like these movies so much? And I would rewatch them again and again and study them, study each shot. Like, nice. what is it about this that's so compelling, right? And then once I started like shooting stuff then it's like you know you do it 100 percent the best you can or just don't even bother right so every shot i was really attentive to like what every like every little detail like the down right down to the pixel like what the frame looked like i i took yeah. a lot of joy i found a lot of joy in that process you know definitely and i think like that's really shows looking back at it like that's that for me that's what rings like the loudest is how yeah well directed and, and composed they are because like a lot of the humor it's so 2007 like yeah. random like lead speak shit that like doesn't really stand up anymore today in my opinion but the the actual construction of them still i think is great mm -hmm. yeah i told you we we're gonna hit you with some disses <laughs> 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 going in hard time. you said later that was later i jeez i guess <laughs> yeah no i i i got like you were saying earlier that uh praise for the show acting as a time capsule i get that a lot like mm -hmm. it captures the vibe of what it was like to game online like broadband console gaming in that time the language that people totally. were using the technology yeah. and uh i'm i'm as aware as you are that people don't words use words like noob anymore like that that was <laughs> yeah that was when i first logged on to game facts and i went on <laughs> super mario 
or not Super Mario, uh, Smash Brothers Melee's forum asking how to unlock Sonic and Tails. <laughs> and someone called me a noob. That was in 2006. I'm like, what the hell is a noob? And then, the, then uh, began my, um, you know, journey down the rabbit hole, I guess. Descent into madness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> S- studying online culture and then, you know, subsequently making fun of it in the show. Yeah. Well, and like even like Josh said, like I don't know what it is. I guess just MSN is such like a crucial part of my childhood that that it just I forgot like how it looked like, and that for me was like, oh shit, yeah, the fucking the blast nostalgia right there. Yeah, <laughs> or even even just like the idea of like messaging a friend, just like shitting on them the whole time, just ending it with something as wholesome as like, okay, but do you want to play Halo? Like just <laughs> stuff like that. I, I don't know. It just it, it it's so of the era, and I I think it's it's cool to see that like it got so much success. Like, how did you initially get linked up with Machinima? Because our last episode was an MCN episode, and we do have a lot to say about MCNs, but we want to know like what was your perspective being a part of one and you know um yeah so i made master chief sucks a halo went viral that got the attention of machinima because they were a small team at the time and they were looking Mm. for content creators and uh they reached out to me and that was on a very very exciting point in my life because i'm like hey yeah absolutely geez like I, i just made this dumb thing right out the gate and like I didn't think much of it when I made it. I just thought it was funny. And um, it got all this attention that I wasn't expecting. And then the machinima thing happened and I just kind of got swept away. Right. I was just like, oh, this is cool. They want they want to pay me to make more of these. Like, yeah, yeah dude. Yeah, sure. it's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the idea of like developing my own show and and getting paid for it. Yeah, that was really cool. And um, the my our my relationship with machinima obviously deteriorated over time as i think most people's do with multi-channel networks that sort of kind of try to take advantage of them a little bit yeah i mean candidly if you want to know what i think of mcns i think they're bullshit <laughs> yeah that's that's, that's our, our opinion perspective. yeah <laughs> yeah, we yeah agree with that that's what our episode was about is how yeah they just are terrible predatory things and you don't need them right um, I think Machinima was a bit different. I might I might be wrong about this, but uh, they they were they weren't just uh, I, they were an MCN, but they they had like a dedicated creators as well. I don't know if that's something that's typical to like multi-channel networks where they have a team of people producing original content. They were trying yeah. to build that at the time, and they they picked me. I was one of them anyway. And uh, I, I went over to Los Angeles for a few days. I got to see the city and the office, the people I was working with remotely. That was really cool. And um, and yeah, and so I had made Master Chief Sucks at Halo 1, one and 2. And then I got hired by Machinima. And then I made a third one for them for airing yeah. on their channel. And then I developed Darby and the Chief after that. Because, like, ha- having done three of those Match 2 Sucks a Halo things, uh, Arbiter, the character of Arbiter was actually featured, I think, in the third one. But he's, well, or he, maybe he's talking to him one. in the second one. It starts in the second, yeah, where they're online talking. And then uh, in the third one. Yes. Right. He's 
I don't know if the I don't the action figure isn't there. Obviously, yeah, I, I know I made it, but this episode. is going back quite a ways. Oh, yeah, 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 no, no, of course. And we just watched them, so yeah, um, yeah. In in Master Chief sucks at Halo Three. His inclusion, I think, is he's holding the camera at the end, filming the TV for like his, uh, Master Chief's like cool Halo montage. Yeah, where he gets like the snipe and he's super stoked. <laughs> the um, Limp Biscuit soundtrack. Or no, <laughs> yeah, Lincoln exactly. Park. It's Lincoln right. Park. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Crawling in yeah. that fucking song. Yeah. That was in every YouTube video for a period. Right. That yeah. and uh, the Papa Roach song. <laughs> Last resort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um. Yeah. So, and you'll have noticed that scene with Arbiter. He's kind of dumb, like Chief. Well, I think you notice yeah. it, like when he's talking to him over MSN Messenger, like the way Arbiter talks. The the implication is that chief and arbiter as dumb as each other but i realized that if i wanted to like develop this into a series that master chief would need a foil right like somebody like mm -hmm. the straight man and then i could do like a comedy double act where like you have arbiter who's like the kind of moral center and who's like rational and thinks things through and and speaks um you know eloquently and then chief being the polar opposite of that and bouncing them off each other so that that was the root of like creating R being the chief. Which is funny because even now, like playing Halo and stuff, like that that dynamic still feels like that's the truth in my mind. Because <laughs> yeah. of like your your videos. When I like I just feel like Chief is like a dumbass now. Yeah. It's the only way you can see him. Well, I mean, I guess like you were making him as a satire of the representation of the people who were playing as Master Chief. Yeah. So there's some truth to that. Yeah, I guess so. I so when when you made Arby and the Chief at that point, were you with Machinima already? Uh, yes. So did they own the IP at that point? Um, well, I don't know. It's really it's a gray area because, like, they're Microsoft trademarks, obviously. Arbiter and Master Chief, the characters. Yeah. Um, but my show is a parody of that. And Machinima owned the parody, so yeah, I guess. Yeah. And I guess that's that's why you just released the re-released them on your channel. Well, yeah, my, because the, Mach Machinima died. Eh? They no longer exist. <laughs> like, yeah, yes, yeah. it was that was quite something to observe. Like, because yeah, Machinima was quite big, right? They were huge. Yeah, they were like in the top ten most subscribed. Oh, for years like, and for, years. Yeah, years like at least in gaming, they're usually no, even number one a lot of the time. Yeah, and it's it's weird to like see a fallen titan like that. Well, it's funny because, I mean, they got absorbed by Full Screen, who owns Rooster Teeth, so it's like all coming back together. Mm. <laughs> yeah, all the gaming stuff's under one umbrella now. Yeah, so was was that how you were able to put it on your channel? Is just that machine like when Machinima was still a presence, where you did you not own the rights to be able to put it on your channel at the time or no, it was still kind of a gray area. Well, I was trying for months to get them on the phone. Um, yeah, geez. Like, uh, cause eventually towards the end of the show, they didn't want to work with me anymore. I guess cause the views were dwindling or whatever. Uh, was partly my fault, partly theirs. And, um, I don't think it was ever cause I let the show get, bad i think the show definitely changed like around like season five um but i i saw it as an evolution of the show 
but uh, mm-hmm. the, the few figures I guess they weren't happy with and uh, they knew I was working hard on the show, but I guess they didn't want to work with me anymore and their way of dealing with me was just not no longer responding to my emails. Um, Very so, professional. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. No kidding. I was pretty salty about that. And so I tried to get him on the phone for months. Um, eventually, when I threatened legal action over email, that got their attention. And then they got back to me. And I called. I was on the phone with someone from their legal department who... He was the only guy still with Machinima that was there since the beginning. And no one else at the company even knew who I was. Um, Jeez, yeah. Yeah, so there's that one guy left I was talking to in legal. And he's just like, yeah, put it on your channel. Go ahead. And I'm like, God. That's all all it took. Yeah, I've been trying to get this answer (laughs) from you for months. And it was this easy. Like, are you kidding me? I I was so mad. But uh, well, yeah, it just it's such a weird thing to be like your employer just isn't getting back to you. No. Right. About like your job. And uh, well, I mean, I guess that's kind of why they ran themselves under at the end of the day is like if if I mean, Machinima doesn't really have the best reputation now, much like other MCNs. No. But I mean, if this is how they're practicing business. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, I think it's pretty fair. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, a lot of people have been outspoken about them not being the best company and treating their creators very well. So, I yeah, it doesn't come as a shock to me no. to hear that that's the case. Well, hearing a lot of like me too stories from there as well, like what? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. There's been a couple. I I just don't think it it's breeding the best environment. And I guess if they're just gonna not respond to one of their bigger creators, yeah, it's probably What's, not a. Was the Deus Ex Machina like also one of their shows that you produced for them, or do you? Yeah, I did. Do you I still th- have any interest in making that? N- me personally, no. I mean, uh, Deus Ex Machina that was something I created. I mean, a long time ago as kind of a cinematic experiment where I was ripping off a bunch of movies that I really liked, and and using scores from like like soundtracks from movies that. I didn't have any permission, but it was the Wild West <laughs> back then, uh, the internet, yeah. in terms of, like, copyright. It's crazy what people used to get away with. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, well, it was a site where you'd upload, like, Family Guy episodes and shit, like, yeah. the very beginning, and I don't know, I mean, I've, in my old YouTube videos I made back in the day, I used any type of music I could. I straight up uploaded a Family Guy clip like that, like when Stewie kills Lois, I like cut that together as like some thing and then ripped some South Park music from Imagination Land, the like cool guitar music. And I like put all that and uploaded it and it was fine. Yeah, you could get got, away with anything. I got a shitload of views, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I guess. Well, I guess you probably have just put that cinematic energy into Arby and the Chief now. Yeah. Rather than having it be a separate show, like your comedy show and your cinematic show. Yeah. And I make my own music now as well. I've, I noticed that. Yeah. I have that like cool. a electronic score for most of my stuff because that's just the music I like making. And eventually I got sick of paying for licensing fees for uh, to use yeah. tracks. And then even after I bought the licenses... You use them on YouTube and they get flagged anyway because the system is broken and stupid as fuck. 
Yeah, jeez. So yeah. like if you just have end up every with every upload, you're just swatting away fucking claims. And eventually I just got tired of it. I was like, fuck you. I I gotta do this every time. I'll just make my own music. Fuck it. <laughs> Sorry, can I swear on this yeah, show? And if you can exercise... Sorry if I shouldn't. Oh, swear. absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We've we've been swearing the whole time. It's all fucking good. Yeah, no, no, you're good. <laughs> okay. Um yeah, but I through machinima is like how i know i've seen a couple of videos that you're in with rooster teeth um were you working with them or producing any for anything for them as well or is it more just collaborations that you're doing with them it's just like the couple videos right uh, yeah that was a one-off collaboration we made two shorts together how, but how did that like come about because that was a crazy moment for me as a kid because i had already been watching your content already watching rooster teeth and then you were just in one of the videos one day. I think that was actually the first time I saw your face. Because I remember right. that was a big thing, too, is you never showed your face. Yeah, not a, I had hair. Day. Goddamn Gary Busey. You, yeah, you did have hair. <laughs> yeah, the Gary Busey bit is so funny. Yeah. Um, uh, so that was... We had, a, we had a mutual contact who lived in Vancouver, where I am. And uh, this guy would also visit Rooster Teeth. And Rooster Teeth would would coordinate with him whenever they came to Vancouver for an event called RVB Ken West. Uh, so it was like a film festival thing where not only independent filmmakers would come together and show off what they're working on, but Rooster, Rooster Teeth would kind of um, headline the event and show off whatever it was they were working on that year. And um, um, the this contact... The mutual contact of ours suggested he was a friend of mine and he said hey like you guys should work together or something and uh eventually yeah it led to exchanging me exchanging emails with bernie and um and yeah i i flew down there to to work with them for a bit and that was a lot of fun enjoyed that there's a part of that question i'm forgetting um I don't, maybe you can tell me if if, oh, oh, just if you produced anything with them at all. Oh, yeah. So the two sh two short films, right. Yeah, and one of them was a Gary Busey one. And one of them, another one was about video game piracy. And, yeah, um, yeah I remember I got there. And there's a bit of confusion because I wasn't really sure what to do with myself when I, when I flew down there. <laughs> and, like, yeah. I, they showed me around the studio, and that was really cool. And that, But eventually... Bernie's like, like, okay, I gotta get some work done. Like, everyone just went off in their offices, and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, okay, I guess I, I better use my time here to, you know, I'll just write ideas down. I don't know, I'll just think of something funny. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was writing ideas, and uh, the Gary Busey thing. Somebody at what Rooster Teeth refers to as the bullpen, which is like uh, where their editors would get together and work. One of those guys came up with the Gary Busey thing. And I didn't see the joke at first, so I'm I was a little confused. Um, not until the process of actually shooting it and then seeing the final product that I realized, like, oh, okay, this is actually it's funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, Especially the Nick Nolte joke. Wait, he's just Nick Nolte. Yeah, yeah. He's so disgusted. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's Nick Nolte. <laughs> A lot of that's uh, uh, improvised. Uh, Joel Heyman like just threw that in, and uh, yeah, that like those those guys they're good improv guys, um, and so they they you just have like a little idea, not much on written on paper, 
But then you just go mm-hmm. with that, and a lot of jokes just get thrown out on camera. And uh, I, I like that energy. That that was fun, fun to make. Do Do you know like do, were they aware of who you were and what you were doing before you flew down there, or? Um, they knew, but they they hadn't watched. They weren't that familiar with my stuff, and um, I was I hadn't watched all of their stuff. Um, to be honest, but um, I, I I was obviously very. F- I knew what Red versus Blue was. I had watched the first season, and yeah. I I was the the humor. I like the humor. It's a little bit tame for me. Um, yeah. Um, but I really respected what they were doing and how they managed to use that video game to like pull off what they did, and that that was a big inspiration for me because I saw uh, that and I was like, yeah. I can do that. Shit. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> well, definitely, I think also just like I mean, their influence can't be understated. Mm-hmm. Like, without them, I don't think the modern machinima. Well, maybe someone else would have done it, but they definitely were the first to really like pull off something like that. So even like even if you don't love the show, like if, same for me. Like I I loved it as a kid, and going back and watching it, it's like it's good. It's not the best thing in the world, but it's good. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they were able to make it and and create that little like empire is insane yeah for sure so um and yeah actually so you had seen obviously i guess red versus blue before you started making machinima and that was like the inspiration that's right yeah like gave gave me the idea for using halo and i was also a halo fan and so what that's another thing is sorry go ahead you're actually pretty good at Halo, hey? Like, oh yeah, dude. <laughs> I was lining up headshots like nobody's business. Even in Halo One with no auto aim, like I I practiced that. And yeah. Halo Two, man, once like when you had the auto aim with the sniper rifle, that made it a lot easier. You were just crushing. Yeah, <laughs> dude. But I can't do it anymore. I lost it. I lost the magic. Damn. You got to get that magic. Yeah. Yeah. Quarantine exactly. is the time for that. <laughs> Maybe for Halo Infinite. You got. Yeah. You got too focused on this film shit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm off my headshot game. Though, but it's actually like it actually adds to it though cuz when you play as Arbiter and he's playing Halo and he's just crushing it and it it really adds to the joke where he's like casually just like talking to I think this is the first episode and he's talking about the heroic map pack and why he doesn't <laughs> think it's very valuable and and just like being like like just casually playing but he's absolutely slaying everyone. <laughs> pretty good joke that you wouldn't be able to do if you couldn't play like i right <laughs> i was not good at halo yeah. <laughs> yeah no i think the first machinimas i saw were i don't know i'm maybe i was in this weird niche seeing this but i th- I think it got pretty big which was like people would shoot something and then like layer over dane cook <laughs> what what are you talking about? Oh, no, it'd be like, like he'd be like, you know, weird Dane Cook sense. Like, anyways, we went to a drive-thru. And I was talking to the drive-thru lady. And they'd like have like uh, one of the Halo characters like in a car going into someone else like waiting in a window. And like they would. That actually sounds familiar. To me. <laughs> yeah. But like people would do like stand up. Like they take other people's stand up and put it over a machinima. Okay. Am I the only person that saw this? I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. I saw that specific one, but I, I, I'm no, very yeah. aware of, like, that style of, like, taking something else and machinima-fying it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess 
I guess fair enough. I, I I'm sure you can look at that of like someone else's content and putting it over that is similar to like TikToks where people lipped of it over. Like it is, it is lazy, but I guess it gets views. <laughs> Sometimes it can be done well. Like yeah, I'm not know. saying I just I don't know. I I'm always a fan of original content. Much like our derivative ass show. Where yeah, we talk exactly. To other yeah, creators. but we're talking. We're not lip syncing over someone else's goddamn podcast. That would be kind of sick, actually. It'd be very sick, but we'll do that on the next one. Anyway. Um, but, like, yeah, how did... Did you feel, like, a part of the community? Like, did you go to VidCon? No. Like, that I don't I don't yeah. fit in to that at all. I, I've, I've never saw the appeal, to be honest, like, of yeah, fair stuff enough. like VidCon. And, like, I, I went to... Like I, I worked with Rooster Teeth for that brief amount of time, and then I would go to the that RVB Can West festival that they would come and uh, promote their material in every year. Yeah, I would do that, and that was as far. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I would cover. I covered E three a few years on Machinima's behalf. Um, that right. that yeah. that was as as immersed as I was in like the 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 industry, I guess. Right. Did you feel like like a YouTuber though, or were you like, nah, that's just where my shit ends up? It's not really like I'm not connected to YouTube. Uh, no, yeah, I never felt like I was part of this YouTuber community. I still don't. I still yeah. kind of feel like an alien in that regard. Um, I and there are there are other YouTubers I enjoy very much, but not very many of them, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, fair that's enough. fair. Yeah, I I think even for us, like as time has gone on, the list of people who it's whittled down. It's very much whittled. Yeah, yeah. It, do you is one of the things where you just don't feel like you align yourself with like influencer culture and like the crazy dumb shit that people will do just to, like get seen or like feel like you have to make a daily vlog every day or like go to all these fan meetups. Yeah. Well, no. I never considered myself in that family because well, I, I kind of have a problem with the, the label influencer. It's yeah. like, why are you influencing influencing people? What product are you pushing and why? Is it because you got paid for it? Like, yeah, um, I just I've, I wanted to make a show. You know what I mean? And not just yeah. like not just. Um, I mean, uh, I I do a podcast as well, but I didn't want it to be just that. I wanted to make something like filmic, like composed of shots and really carefully edited together, and like the and written too. Like I took screenwriting really seriously, and yeah. um, I I don't know many YouTubers at all who do that sort of thing. You know, I, I wish I yeah. wish I saw more of that. To be honest, it felt like, well, like Josh was saying in the past, it felt like people who were big on the platform a lot, like obviously there are vloggers and stuff who just were talking to the camera, but a lot of like the sketch comedy and, and stuff on or the people site that just got accidentally big. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of the sketch comedy on the site was like written and, and like thought out more, you know, like and nowadays it's just if it feels like a lot of that's like kind of dead in the water. Yeah, I think one of the only other people I can think of off the top of my head that also put that sort of effort and it was maybe like i don't know if you know corridor digital uh i don't think so did did you ever watch like freddie w rocket jump that sort of stuff rocket jump i've heard of i don't know if i've seen it yeah so they're associated with them they're like filmmakers visual effects artists um 
and you know same with that like they're they're using like proper cameras and actually like using like proper lenses and proper equipment and putting effort into like you know every every video that they put out they want it to be the best and you can definitely tell in the quality level but like i can't really think of anyone else off the top of my head that like also does that and i i, I think a uh, part of it is that the authenticity is kind of gone but i think another reason is just like you don't have to do that to be big on youtube you know you don't have to do that to be big on tiktok you can just you know just hold hold a camera in front of your face yeah and be attractive and get away with doing it that way you know you don't have to worry about like cinematography or music or editing or screenwriting when you know yeah and then get a million subscribers <laughs> yeah. yeah and then people like me are going what the fuck <laughs> yeah yeah just w sponsored by one of those like shitty watch companies <laughs> yeah. and just shout that out in your video yeah and it's you, crazy like anyway look at me put this watch by my ass <laughs> <laughs> this watch is so good when i twerk it won't fall off my ass <laughs> <laughs> but but i don't know that that's definitely what it like like at least like the people that you see on trending are like these either vloggers or these people like like these ex viners like Lele Pons that are just like like clearly all this stuff is like written by a committee and it's like the same sort of like cookie cutter like okay we'll like shoot it on a DSLR and turn the saturation up and like put no effort into the takes but kids will watch it and if kids are watching it it means we're making money and like yeah I don't know it is kind of a shame to see that now whereas that is kind of the norm or at least the stuff that is like getting promoted by YouTube itself it, yeah like this is what the platform is pushing you know whereas before it seemed like they they did try to push like up-and-coming creators or people that really did put like work into it yes it i think the platform encourages or not just youtube platforms they, they all encourage very disposable media where it's just totally. like a one and done click the button hey i'm here hey bye click and then just shoot it off and that's a video and um I, I I want I'm not saying those shows are bad like that's fine but I just want it I just I want more I want more people to make shows you know like yeah I, I feel like that happened a lot more on YouTube too like there were series whether it be like you know somewhere in the vein that you were doing like it seemed like every week a new fan series was coming out where it was like okay this is like something based on a medium that i love that i can like follow for the story yeah and like people were making shows people were like like episodic stuff was actually coming on youtube from these small creators that weren't just like i think the, the thing too is like now more than ever like the average person like has the ability to just make like a show like you make your entire show basically by yourself save for like voice actors it sounds like yeah which is insane to think of that like think of even like when you first started doing machinima uh imagine like if you could see the amount of quality and output like the rb and chief episodes are like movies now like the the newest one i saw is an hour and 15 minutes yeah and that's that's like so crazy that one person is able to do that by themselves and the fact that people aren't i mean if that's not what you want to do, that that's fine. People don't have to do that. But I but feel it like, seems like less people are making the effort to do that. Yeah. And I feel like some people won't make the effort because they know it's not going to be seen. So they're like, well, what's the point of or that the algorithm will just favor that, like maybe 20 minute sweet spot. Yeah. Or even less. But clickbait. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but yeah, it's just like you were saying, um, the 
it's people can make money taking the shortest route and people will do that like why work hard on a show when you can just do the one and done thing that hit record yeah. be in front of the camera make money that way it makes sense to me um but it makes sense it's just too bad yeah there's a the difference lies in like do you want to make content that's going to withstand the test of time and you want do you want to leave something behind you know that's like that's going to be remembered like that's that's what drives me my content creation it's like i i want to make that staying power yeah i want to make a show that has staying power and people are going to remember me after i'm dead and be like hey you know what he put on a good show and i you know yeah. and to watch it and rewatch it something that you know there's something there and you can go back and rewatch the whole thing again and binge it like yeah. i want to make something like that i i just yeah i mean to i'll i'll, I'll go back to it and i'll stop beating a, a dead horse i guess but I, I just do feel like, yeah, there was a time where like almost all the people I was following on YouTube did have a series, did have something that was like ongoing, continuous. I remember like Indie Mogul had Nuka Break, which was like their um, Fallout series. And I, I think why I bring this up again is like it seemed like a lot of people that were doing this were doing it because they loved the art of filmmaking and telling a story like they weren't making a ton of money, but you could tell they love doing it. And I think that's one of the things that has really changed on YouTube is people are like, Oh, this is a way I can make money. Yeah. You know, not like, Oh, I want to be a filmmaker and this is how I can tell my story. I feel like that happens less and less on YouTube. Yeah. I have, I have no problem with people monetizing and making money. Um, just no, ideally at the yeah. same time you're making something, you know, there's both. You're making something you're that's proud of at least that has staying power. Yeah. But everything's just so disposable. Like, um, PewDiePie, for example, I got nothing against PewDiePie. I like PewDiePie, but I, I watch one of his videos. I'm never going to watch that video again. You know what I mean? Like yeah. once that's yeah. watched, it's done. I, I wanted to make something different. Totally. I, I also have a question about just your thoughts on machinima, like as a whole, as an art form. And, and especially it seems like it, it exploded and was massive around like when you got, when you were doing it, like back in the day when you were starting 2007 to like nine, 10 ish. And now I feel like, like does it even really exist as much anymore? Do you, are, are there like creators that we should be looking out for in machinima? Do you, I, do you, are you I don't really follow other machinima creators. Um, I've mm -hmm. just always been focused on my own stuff. Um, yeah. The, the term machinima, I kind of have a problem with cause I mean, the contraction obviously is machine cinema, and I mm -hmm. I yeah. think if we're paying attention to those words, what that should encompass is everything from what I do to, uh, say what the latest triple A games are doing with their cutscenes. You know, it's making cinema with a machine, but for whatever reason, that term has been is used in specific reference to fan created content who use like pre-existing digital video game assets to make a movie. Um, mm -hmm. I, th I think that's, it's, that's a broader term than that, than the way it's used. And obviously further muddying the, the term is the company Machinima itself that took that Well, word. that's what I was going to ask is, do you think it kind of ruined? Yeah. Like Machinima kind of ruined the term Machinima. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, you've got machine cinema and then the fan driven stuff. And then this company that takes that term, makes it its name, 
and then doesn't even make the fucking thing that's on yeah, yeah, the name which is insane that they were just like chill to do that right because like they didn't they didn't come up with that term well i i as a kid just when i first first heard the term mission like i was watching machinimus before but when i first heard it it was through the company and for a long time i just assumed well that's just what the channel's called you know mm-hmm. and I, I i can't imagine i was alone there like obviously i I know better now, but at, at, at the time, I think there's probably a lot of people that, oh, I guess Machinima makes all these like Halo videos, you know? And I think w- with that perception of it, I'm I'm sure that's ingrained in a lot of people's head and they don't really know this medium that's out there and what other people have done, you know, putting in great effort aside from just like, oh, I guess it's a g- gaming network. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, yeah, it, it lost focus on those independent, you know, video game movie creators and just turned into a money-making machine where it was it its focus was then on like big hollywood companies and uh game developers and just lost sight of the little guy wasn't about them anymore well i guess youtube's that's kind of youtube in a nutshell now too like a lot of stuff on the trending page if it's not like these tiktok influencer millionaires it's like reality shows or it's like jimmy fallon or jimmy kimmel any of the jimmies really like that's the sort of stuff that's being pushed and you it's, really hate the jimmies i'm not a big fan of the jimmies i, lo- I love the conans <laughs> yeah that's but true. i i i just feel like yeah what whether it be the platform itself what it's pushing it, it just seems like ev- everything that is doing well is like super branded content or stuff that's coming from like traditional media and i think youtube itself is kind of lost sight of the little guy as well mm-hmm do you feel like um I wonder if part of the reason why Machinima seems to have fallen out of vogue is I don't know if there's a, like a better Machinima creator than Halo 3. Like I guess you're not that's not Halo 3 you're shooting in now. I don't know what I use Halo it? Reach. That they're they're Reach. pretty similar. Their theater modes work very similarly. Okay. But the, is there's no forge mode is there? In Halo Reach? There yeah. is. There is okay. Yep. You got chumped, Thomas. I didn't play Reach ever right since. Well, you got chumped. ever since Halo Three. They've all had them. Oh, okay. You look like a. You have I an guess egg on I your look face. like a goddamn fool. You have seven eggs on your face. Sir. <laughs> okay. Um, no, but I just wonder, like, cause like I feel like a lot of video games don't really lend themselves to machinima now. Like, no. Bungie really worked in accordance with that, like to. Yeah, foster that environment. Except I can't for the life of me figure out why they changed it from in Halo Two. If you were out of grenades and you held down the trigger, your weapon goes down. Perfect, makes total sense. You can raise and lower it easily. But in Halo Three, it's this weird like you press like a whole bunch of buttons and have to <laughs> jump to do it. And that I never understood why they changed that. Because mm-hmm. now if you want to like have a character like have his gun down and then raise it, you have to reverse the footage. Yeah. And that just seems like I don't know why they would do that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, they want you to be more creative, huh? They want you to be more creative, Thomas. I hate that. That's. <laughs> it just seems like they did so much to make like machinima really like easy to to do and and like uh, and uh, you know accessible, and then they did that shit. Well, a lot a lot <laughs> other games that tried to implement like a machinima type feature with at least a free camera mode. Yeah. Uh, they didn't really get it right, like because uh, I remember like un- one of the Uncharted games might have been the second one had like a machinima mode, but the camera just doesn't 
work because it's like the the way the camera moves with the thumbsticks is way too jerky. Like with with yeah. Halo, it's really smoothed. Like um, the way it moves, the way it pans and tilts, and like the way you can punch in and narrow the the depth of field to make it look like a portrait, so it actually looks like film. Yeah. Um, yeah. A, a lot of other games don't do that, and Halo just it the camera is well very smoothed out that makes it ideal for filmmaking and the interface is really simple it's easy to use like that's that's why i like working with it yeah it makes total sense it seems like something like gta could have done something like that yeah actually like that there's such a diverse world in gta that i feel like they could have done something there i think kind of like i think people have done gta machinima yeah but it didn't blow up as much as like something like halo there's just like you just saying. the mechanics in it. It's so. not as versatile. Yeah, G- GTA Five at least has the Rockstar editor that uh, lets mm. you work with a cinematic camera, and it looks good, but it's a lot more complicated than um, than working with Halo. Right, and like you were saying before, like people are gonna kind of go to what's easiest. Right, exactly. That's why I did it. <laughs> it's one of the reasons. Yeah. yeah for- yeah, now you know it, and it's something you work with. But I, don't, I, don't, I'd, I'd like to see a resurgence in machinimas with different, different game. Not, not to shit on Halo. I just, it, it's always cool to see diversity. And I, I know there are good affirmative mach- action for video games. There are good machinima creators out there working right now. I've, I can't remember their usernames, but I've, I get stuff tweeted to me sometimes, and I have a look at it. And I'm like, wow, that was really cool. And like, I didn't mm-hmm. know people were still making. This. I thought I was the only one left. But yeah. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, do you feel like you're kind of like the granddaddy? Oh, I guess Rooster Teeth is granddaddy of the uh, of the whole world there. But like you must feel like kind of like a, a senior in the community. Eh? Uh, I guess I didn't. Re- I never really thought of myself that way. I just I just focus on the show, you know, just. Yeah, fair enough. Just each episode, just do the best I can. Hopefully people like it. How long does it take to produce like an hour and 15 minute? Oh, well, show? I mean, the screenplay by far is the hardest part. Yeah. It. Well, you're writing you're writing a feature film. Yeah. And with these last two episodes of season 8 that I'm working on, I wrote them back to back, so it's like two feature films in a row. Yeah, Jesus. And that took me I mean, I've I've had this entire season outlined for like 5 years. And mm-hmm. uh yeah, fuck. Yeah. And it takes me months. Like like half a year at least to like write one or two of these full feature length episodes. Like it's a lot of writing work. And you know, that's just not, that's not just one draft. That's like rewriting every single scene from scratch, like 10 times over. Yeah. And um, once the script script is finalized, a lot of the work is done there because the heavy lifting, because like from there, from there, it's just like following a recipe, right? You know, it's all on paper. How do I just turn it into, to film? Right. Yeah. And then I get you still do all the the filming yourself in in Halo? Yeah. Cuz yeah, I, that's not something I want to delegate, you know. I yeah. I'm I'm a control freak with that sort of stuff. I want to edit it all. I want to ha- I guess you kind of have to be though when you're do- wearing all these hats. Yeah. And like with with comedy like it's it's kind of like cupping water in your hands where if you hand it off to another person the chances that you're gonna like lose the integrity of it yeah yeah, is pretty high yeah and you know it gets the 
the script gets written three times. You might have heard this, right? One in once in writing, once in production, and another in editing. Yeah. And um, and so I I want to be in control every one of those phases. Yeah, and right down to the frame too. You know, like I'm I, like I'm, I have a really close attention I, to detail, especially with video editing. I feel you on that. Yeah, I mean. Josh can attest. I... Yeah, yeah, no. Tom, Thomas is an editor, and like he, pr pretty much for a lot of the stuff. Like we, we're doing commercials right now, and it's like writing the copy to final. We do like to be able to have that whole thing because e even if it's for like a brand or someone else's thing, like I, I do want to be able to tell a story. Yeah, and again, it's like you want to make something that like you're proud of, proud of, and also and say I did this. I'd like to hope, like even for making a commercial, which is like kind of by definition a disposable media. I want to make it at, like the least disposable it can be. Yeah, know? absolutely. And then in personal projects, like obviously, but, but, but I mean, it's something where like, yeah, you, I think when you have that mindset and you want to tell a story, you kind of have to be a bit of a control freak. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I like telling stories, man. It's fun. Like, I, you know, yeah, I would do it for free. Like I would just do it to relax, you know, it's just brainstorming and funny ideas and creating like a, chronological sequence of dramatic events like i i dig that I, I love that process but i think that's what's also going to give you that staying power is that authenticity that like the fact that you actually love it and you're not just doing it for a paycheck right yeah yeah and i think that's that's what's kept people knowing like even you know we're talking to our friend oliver about upcoming guests and we're talking about you and it's like oh shit he's a vancouver guy too like so like, like people know who you are because you have this authenticity. You're trying. You're giving a shit about the product that you're putting out there. And yeah, maybe you get more views on doing some disposable TikTok. But I mean, that's just in a sea of content. Like you said, it's something that you'll forget about. Mm -hmm. You're never going to watch a PewDiePie video again. Yeah. You know, it's it's something that is doing well and you saw it for a day. But like, is someone going to remember that video? Is someone going to shoot the shit and reminisce with their friends about like, oh, old episodes of RB and the Chief? Yeah. But will they do that with like, Oh, remember that PewDiePie episode he did on Trisha Paytas? Like, no, like people aren't going to be like looking at that shit and thinking about that. And I think, like you said, that's what you want. You want to have something that you're remembered for. And I think you need to have that mindset of I would do this for free to do that. Right. And and now we have the moral of the episode. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but you we're verbalized always, it and you ruined it. We're always searching for the moral every time. Jesus, Thomas. And so, yeah. Uh, this was this week's moral was that I think we got it the first time you said it. Now and you're just... the moral of the Yusuf episode was that like if you guys come together with no hands, there'll be no conflict in the Middle East. Yeah, and the moral <laughs> we of, talked about no no the so you moral don't have to go of the every episode. episode was like kill yourself as a as a group, and then that's better. People can listen to these episodes. What was oh the moral of the YMS episode? You said uh, Hitler was having a bad day. <laughs> Do you know? Do you know your movie sucks? Another local guy. Yeah, I do. Yeah, he's he's he was a fun guest as well. <laughs> I guess that was the moral: is that Hitler was having a bad day, and my family's dead because what? Anyway, <laughs> we're getting in semantics at this point. Um, but I something I did want to ask you before we wrap it up here is: you know, you've been on YouTube for a very long time. Is there a certain period that you feel is your favorite? Uh no not really because yeah. i was i was never in touch with like the youtube community i never felt like a youtuber i never went to a youtube event um okay L let me ask you this then what's your favorite freaking movie my favorite movie 
Yeah. Uh, it's like the worst question to ask. Someone. Yeah, it is. For <laughs> especially someone a like me. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, it's such a terrible question. That's why I wanted to finish with it. <laughs> um, probably 2001. It's a good. Movie. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that as a good answer. That was that's yeah. That's and then the list. fox and the hound for completely different reasons. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would. <laughs> I I just think like so many amazing like filmmaking tricks that like really revolutionized not just the genre but filmmaking in general were in 2001 yeah mm. like whether it be as simple as like putting a pen on a piece of like plexiglass it's like how they essentially did a form of projection mapping before there was projection mapping you know like yeah i like when the camera spin like was spinning that too yeah <laughs> but but yeah i mean and i i yeah i i think it's kind of cool to see a perspective of what someone's favorite film is because i think like you know, similar to what Kubrick did with the effort there is something that you've, you know, taken yourself. Well, even, uh, and I know we're, we're wrapping up, but even just you mentioning that, like, a lot of the inspiration for how you shot Arby and the Chief was from Child's Play. Mm -hmm. It's like a cool insight of like, oh, that's like how, that makes sense. Yeah, that's one of them too. Like, I grew up watching a lot of uh, British sitcoms. So a lot of the, the humor, like, the, that's another ingredient that goes into the show. Sprinkle a little black adder in yeah. there. Yeah. Faulty Towers right. and Monty Python. Yeah. Now, now you got a stew. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I love just like ruining the ending of the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My absolutely. favorite thing to do is just like coming in, you're wrapping up, you're making it real nice, and I just come in and I fuck you it shit up. all over. I shit on everyone. But uh, I got to say, John, thanks so much for coming yeah, on. Yeah. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. It's great it. to chat with you uh, and, and learn all about. Your process. Your process and the machinima and the whole thing. No problem, guys. Thank you for having me. If if for some reason there's on the off chance one of our small audience knows who we are but does not know who you are, where can they find you? Oh, so John Graham on YouTube. That's my channel name. No H. No no H, John. yes. John Graham. I thought for some reason I thought you were saying like no H. Like there's no it's not John H. Graham. <laughs> <laughs> like, John what? H. Benjamin on Twitter. That's what um, I was thinking. Um yeah, and they, they, they can find your podcast, episodes of Arby and the Chief, uh, and, and other bits and bites and stuff, Yep, right? uh, imaginativelogo.com. That's my website. You'll find everything there. Okay, nice. Okay, beautiful. If you want to find us, we are When We Are There Show on Instagram and TikTok. We're WW There Show on Twitter, though we never use Twitter. Never. Um, we are Friend Styles on Anchor FM, on Patreon, and we are When We Are There on YouTube. Yeah, and also we own friendstyles.ca. Yeah, but... There's nothing on it, though. There's nothing on it yet. We're holding up for friendstyles.com. Yeah. We want to have that real shit. Sorry, the rest of Canada. <laughs> no no need to shit on you, but .ca is a fucking joke. The joke Ural. Yeah. Anyway, thanks so much for listening, guys. This has been When We Were There. I'm Thomas. I'm Josh, Josh. And that was John. Yeah. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye.